0: Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you along Let's get started. Hey, I'm just so glad to have you with me for this conversation today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. When it comes to confronting our brokenness and the painful things that we have experienced, one of the central parts of that process is bringing our questions to God. And sometimes those questions are actually about Him and who He is. I'm joined in this conversation by author Jessica Thompson, and Jessica is here to talk with us about our understanding of God and how it relates to the fruit of the Spirit. A lot of times when we're taught about the fruit of the Spirit, we are taught more about them as a list of things that we are supposed to embody and grow in. But Jessica is here to help us to understand that these are attributes of God's character and indications of the way that He loves us. Something I've learned in my season as a single mom is that loneliness actually does not have that much to do with being alone. Hurt from our relationships in the past causes us stress around relationships in the present. And the ways that we have learned to deal with that stress can help us to feel safe, but actually keep us away from the meaningful relationships that we desire. To start to unravel this, to identify your stress style and discover the pathway to healing, you can take our quiz called What's Your Stress Style? And you'll find a link for that down in the show notes. One of the beautiful things that came through this conversation with Jessica was the fact that in understanding God through the lens of the fruit of the spirit, then we also are able to more rightly see ourselves the way that he sees us as his beloved. Here's my conversation with Jessica Thompson. Jessica, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Jessica, when it comes to the fruit of the spirit, this is something that very often when we learn about it, we actually learn about it with the focus on ourselves. That this, yeah. These are attributes that really we need to learn to walk in. But in your newest book, you talk about flipping that around and Mm -hmm. really refocusing our understanding of these attributes as attributes of God and that when we do that, the way we understand him, the way we relate to him, everything changes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know if you would talk a little bit about how you came into this understanding and how Mm -hmm. turning this lens around really Mm -hmm. does change our understanding of who God is.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it is, they are called the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of trying harder. And I think what the church has done is we have taken this beautiful list of the fruit of the spirit, who God is, the very things that he displays when he is with you, what comes out of your life. We've taken this list and we've changed it into a checklist of things Mm -hmm. that we think we need to do better at. And honestly, we do need to do better at, right? right. Like uh, We are all of us uh, falling short in probably most of these areas. But we've taken this list and we've turned the focus onto ourselves. And I'm just a firm believer that the more we behold who God is, the more we become like Him. Mm. And so, you know, honestly, when I was thinking about writing this book, uh, the idea for the book, and this is such a non-story, I don't even know how to I- explain it, except um, when I started doing, like the, I wrote the book and the book came out and then I was thinking, how did like, this idea of writing a book about the fruit of the spirit, but doing it in a way that talks about how God displays those fruits, like how did that idea happen? And the answer is, I don't remember. Mm. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I could blame that on COVID. I could blame that on just the last four years of my life being kind of uh, all over the place and a mess. And, uh, but I asked my, the person, my, my editor, I was like, how did we come up with this idea? And she said, I, I don't know, you did. <laughs> <And> so. <laughs> I don't remember. So I'm going to say, and we'll just go with this, that the Holy Spirit um, just put this idea in my head that instead of looking at the fruit of the Spirit as a checklist of things that we need to accomplish, to take the time and a a moment and some space to look at the fruit of the Spirit as the way God relates to us Mm -hmm. and the way that He loves us and the way that um, He shows His love towards us. Um, so that is what this book is about. It is a look at the fruit of the spirit, but it's a look at the way that God shows us his character in the fruit of the spirit, spirit, instead of the typical book, which is here's all the things that you don't do. Here's how you can do them better. Um, and then we read that book and end up feeling guilty and horrible or prideful because we think we're pulling it off, Mm. but either way, um, the focus is on ourselves instead of on who he is. Mm,
0: I think it's so critical though, to, you know, if we, if we remove that checklist and stop looking at it as something that we are supposed to embody, but we can use it as a checklist to point out to ourselves, where do I see God being these things, doing these things, engaging in my real life with me in these ways. Yes, It's way more quantifiable to be able to, like literally look at a list and say, okay, like these are actual ways that he's engaging with me. Like, but to dig deeper and say, then what really is love as God loves? You know, Mm -hmm. we look at, if I, if I look at that word love, it's like, well, what am I capable of? But if I look at it scripturally and look at it as an attribute of God, whoa, like that blows the lid off of our understanding truly of what even love or any of these attributes really are. Right. And as I look at
1: how God loves me, when I spend time, as I spent time writing this book and thinking about these verses, and I mean, what a great gig, right? To be able to like, mm-hmm. just sit, be paid to sit and think about how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take that. I'll take that <laughs> job. <laughs> um, but as I sat and thought about these things, the more, I, the more time I spend thinking about how God's been patient with me, how he's kind towards me, um, how he's faithful to me, the more, those, the more those attributes become beautiful, the more I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so the desire to, to embody the fruit of the spirit isn't a checklist on, you know, uh, I got to do these things or God's not going to love me. It's a totally different starting mm-hmm. place. It's, oh, he loves me so much. Yeah. My heart can't help. But respond in love to him, right? Those verses. He loved. He uh, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. God so loved the world that he gave. Right. So I can't help but respond uh, with a heart of love um, when I when I think about how much he's loved me, and not perfectly, not all the time, not even close. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the the general trajectory of my heart is ah, oh, so grateful for how he's loved me and the ways that he has been faithful to me. I can't help, but want to be those things as well.
0: Yeah. And I think the beauty of what you're pointing to here is the fact that we are to receive first that we are, he's the benefactor and we are the recipients of these attributes. And so much though of our brokenness or our past, maybe even our spiritual upbringing, there's all sorts of factors that muck this up for us mm-hmm. so that we end up flipping it around like we're talking about where yeah. it's performance first. It's yes. let me get my ducks in a row first, and then God will give me this. Then God will be pleased with me. Mm-hmm. And so we're, uh, we have a wrong application just even from mm-hmm. get-go, sometimes yes. because of family of origin, how we were raised, the the denomination we were raised up in. Yes. Me personally, I came from a very legalistic tradition. Mm-hmm. And so it was very Same. much this sense that God will bless you, but you need to show up first. And right. that is so counter to the God of the Bible. That is so counter to yes. the God of the universe. Yes, it is. And that by though turning that and understanding we are beloved yeah, that we are being loved, that we yeah. are then in the posture of receiving first. Then, the natural outflow of that, as you said, is, is gratefulness, it's right, it's thankfulness, and, and mm-hmm. it's where that restoration comes from. Yes. There is an active turning towards, but there is a posture that is more passive and receptive, yes, in the way that He heals us. Yes. But that's so counter very often to the way a lot of us were raised. A lot of yeah. what our wounding has got us to believe about who God is. Mm-hmm. And so I just loved though that that this thought of like let's flip this around and look at this the way that this is supposed to flow yeah. from God first to us, then we're empowered. His yeah. spirit shows us these attributes. Right. Demonstrates these attributes and then empowers us to walk in them because right. we've experienced them first. Right. Absolutely. And and the other part of that is then when we fail, because we will,
1: right? Like mm-hmm. I fail on being patient every time I come to a, a four-way stop, it's by my, by my house, <laughs> right? Like I pull up to the four-way stop and I'm like, why can't people figure this out? Mm-hmm. Like it's so easy. <laughs> it's a four-way stop, right? But every time I lose my mind, ask my kids. And, um, but the part of this is that not only does it change our motivation, but it gives us the courage to try again when we fail. Mm. Because every time I pull up to that four-way spot, not every, almost, I fail, and I only don't fail when there's no one else there and I can just go. Um, <laughs> mm. I fail, and so knowing that I, I'm I'm loved, knowing that I'm forgiven, knowing that His patience and kindness continues towards me in the midst of my failure. Gives me the courage to try again because boy, if it didn't, I would give up. Yeah, Um, I would just be like, I can't do this. I'm done. But knowing that it extends to me even in my failures and even in the times I don't display the fruit of the spirit, even in the times that I forget about Him days on end, months, don't do my quiet time, whatever it is, um, His covenant towards me never changes. Yeah, right. He always, he always starts out whenever He gives us any sort of a list, anything like that. It always starts out with, I'm your God, you're my people. It always starts with his covenant towards us. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, live like this because it's going to be better for you. Yeah. This is the blessed life, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're not always angry, if you're a loving person, if you're a kind person, it'll, it'll be better for you generally. But his love towards me is not dependent on my love towards him mm-hmm. or on my... Um, ability to get it together, and thank God, because yeah. you know I'm a mess, and yes, I y'all are, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I quite often don't display the fruit of the spirit. But what gives me the courage in the morning or in the evening when I lay down and I look back at my day and I think, ah, I write books on this. What is my problem? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: What gives me the courage is that remembering that belovedness mm-hmm. that that's my truest identity. And that everything else, gosh, it comes and goes, but being a wife for me comes and goes. I'm, I'm recently divorced mm-hmm. um, within the past month. Mm-hmm. And uh, after being married for 26 years, my, my marriage, uh, the position I hold in my job, uh, the way I relate to my kids, uh, the way that people have related to me, none of that defines me. Uh, my belovedness is what defines me. Mm-hmm. Being a child of God defines me and that gives me the courage to remember over and over again oh i'm still loved because like you were saying those patterns that we get into where we think my performance is what determines my lovableness yeah yeah (laughs) um and and we've been taught that i've been taught that by the church been taught that in tons of different ways right um But to remember, it's not my performance, it's His performance for me on my behalf, Christ for us. That's what helps me to try again. Mm. That's what helps me to not give up. That's what helps me to keep going down this road.
0: I think that gives us such a sense, too, of the Spirit as the comforter, as our advocate, Mm. that in the failures that we have in the changeability of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. That is really, I think, what makes these characteristics so just otherworldly and fascinating mm-hmm. is the fact mm-hmm. that they are enduring. Yes. That the the things of our lives and the roles that we play, they all change. The, the yes. thing that is marked most <laughs> like by the human experience is change. We will... Yeah. Go through different seasons of life. We will get older. We will die. Like we have all of our whole experience is marked by change. Right. But yet the enduringness of God and Mm. the enduring nature of his character, Mm. that this change and even these heartbreaks, this is how we can see the fact that he is unchangeable that he is yeah. constant that he mm-hmm. is faithful you know mm. even the, just that word faithful the fact that mm. it was the faithlessness of another person that drew me to understand how mm. perfectly faithful god is so okay. good mm-hmm. that that though we would never want to walk through those experiences mm-hmm. they very often lead us right into mm. the overwhelmingly constant nature of god's character but as we're talking about, you know, things like God's love, for example, like this is this is uh, this, if we really look at it, that's a very big concept yeah. even to wrap mm-hmm. our minds around. And one mm-hmm. of the things that you talk about in the book that I thought was really just thought provoking is the fact that so often we think of God only as Father. Yeah. And so we sort of even in that may limit our understanding of God's yes. total love towards us because we don't yes. understand that He's also motherly and nurturing. Yes. And yeah. even in our own motherhood, we're actually experiencing an attribute of God's love because we're made in His image, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. would you would you dive into that a little bit more, though? And yeah. how you know if we stop short of of understanding, you know, at if we stop short at understanding God as a father, that we're going to miss the whole picture. Yeah, and I think I'll just
1: say right off the bat, right? God isn't gendered. Um he uses gender in ways for our understanding, but he's not male in the sense when we say father that right. we understand male. And so he uses that picture for us, um, a fatherly picture, which is most often used in the Bible. He uses that picture for us uh because of the time the Bible was written. He uses that picture for us um, so that we understand a little bit more of him. But we often forget that there are several times in the Bible that he talks about himself, um, talks about his care for us in a way where he uses a a female voice. Mm -hmm. He is motherly towards us. He brings us to his test. The Bible talks about that, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of five or six different examples where we um, we see God using sort of female descriptors talking about uh, the way that He relates to us. And so, so often, I think we think of God as, like, we take our uh, idea of sort of uh, of what a father should be, in, and, and in some ways, it feels sort of distant. Mm-hmm. And that also has to do with the time that we're in, right. and maybe the way that we were raised. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, we we put those that sort of barrier on Him and think of Him as more of a father. And yet, in verses, several verses, he talks about no. Um, can a mother forget the child that's nursing at its breast? Just like a mom can't. Like you're not going to be nursing your baby and look down and be like, "What? You're yeah. what yeah. happened here?" Yeah. And like that's not going to happen. <laughs> now you may fall asleep while you're nursing right. and wake up and be like, "Oh, a baby on me." And even you know, you don't forget that you got a baby on you. Yeah. Um, and he says, in the same way, he doesn't forget about us. Mm. And so he uses that picture as women that we can really relate to. Um, He doesn't ever forget about you. He doesn't ever stop loving you. Just like you can't forget about the child you're actually actively nursing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't forget about you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't stop loving you. And it's so good for us to think about him, uh, to think about God in those maternal, motherly, female ways. It's good. I think we've kind of been... um, thought oh like that's gonna be heresy and it's like well it's in the bible so i'm okay with it Like he actually refers to himself that way so i I feel okay with it as well um there are several examples like uh, um but he actually talks about how he's like a mother hen drawing Mm -hmm. the chicks to himself right um like all these beautiful pictures of a tender love that we would often more relate to a mother, although good fathers relate that way. I'm not yeah. saying that men don't, yes. but it's typically more of this tender, intimate, a close um, picture of love that we don't often think of God that way. He mm-hmm. thinks of himself that way, uses those examples. And so I think it's good for us to dwell on that as well.
0: Yeah, I think those are also really just, again, these fascinating things that we can reflect on that God did create us in his likeness, but with limitation yeah. and in difference with differences, you know, so where we are created male and female, he is perfectly, yeah. as you said, he's ungendered. He's yeah. trying to paint a picture for us of what yes. the Trinity is like by having yes. two pieces that are different, but fit together. Yes. And it's not for us. We're not, we're never going to fully wrap our minds around no. all <laughs> of these, you know, ways right. of God and, and who he is but that we are invited to look at these Mm -hmm. two different things though, and actually understand Mm -hmm. that they're, they're parts of the whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you put this so perfectly, you know, and depending on our life experiences, that word father may have some negative connotation for us. Mm -hmm. It may have Mm -hmm. some distance. It may have some abandonment. It may have some disinterest. It may have some disappointment Mm -hmm. attached to Mm -hmm. it, but that even in our own mothering, you know, mm-hmm. we know the heart that we have for our children, mm. that God's heart for us far supersedes our, yes. what we could even have for our own kids. And so yes. then if we can know that to be true, then we have the ability to allow him to show us mm. that specifically, that, that attribute of himself, that we can start to experience the rewriting of mm. who we think he is. Right? Mm -hmm. That we have Mm -hmm. the ability to take this picture of who we thought God was and safely encounter Him as He really is. So that we have the ability to start moving away from this distance, as you said, with barriers. And then Mm -hmm. the walls start to come down and we start to just have a different sense of who He is. But I think one of the things also that was really pivotal for me in growing through a broken season was not only. Correcting the understanding that he was distant, but correcting the notion that he did not delight in me. I think, yeah. you know, very often we may think like, okay, well, God loves the world. He loves mm-hmm. all of the people in it. Generally
1: speaking. Generally right,
0: speaking. But right. yeah, I don't think he really likes me. Right. Right but when we understand that fruit of joy so this this mm-hmm. understanding of love breaks down these barriers that we start to to mm-hmm. get a, a glimpse of of joy mm-hmm. would you talk a little bit more about That sense of joy and his delight towards us uniquely and specifically. Yeah. And
1: this is actually one of my favorite ones to talk about is talking about how God experiences joy when he thinks about us, because this is not something I think we ever think about. Like, I think if we asked, if you ask someone, what, what does God think about you? Like, what is his, a good question is this, like for even for your kids, what do you think God's face looks like when he's thinking about you? Hmm. Like Is he smiling? Is he scowling? What does his face look like when he's thinking about you? And if the word is not he he is smiling and rejoicing, then we've got it wrong. Hmm. Let me read to you out of Isaiah 62, 4 through 5. It says this, no longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah And your land, Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Let me tell you a a short story about these verses and then um, talk to you a little bit about this joy, because this is one of my favorite things to talk about, um, because it's just so wild to me. (laughs) It blows my mind. Hmm. Um, I I had a grandmother, my dad's mom, and she was the kind of woman who would say that um, hot dogs were her favorite fruit. Okay, (laughs) Um, Every time you'd come to her house, there was a party laid out for you. I I would bring my kids over to her house and I try to do it in between meals. Because um, I didn't want her to like have to make us a meal, inevitably we'd end up having like second, you know, lunch or early dinner or something. She just always wanted to have a party. We called her Candy Grandma, and she was just always giving out candy. Everything's a party, always rejoicing like that. Um, she would come up. She would also come up with her own words. She said "hootsie cadoodle." This was her like word of exclamation. So mm-hmm. you'd walk in, and she'd say "hootsie cadoodle." You know, like, she's so excited. Something big would happen. Hootsie kadoodle Okay. So you get a picture of the kind of woman that she was. Loved mm-hmm. Jesus. Was a missionary. Loved Jesus. Um, when I was growing up, I was the only granddaughter amongst all grandsons. And she would call me Hepzibah. And I thought that when she said that word, it was just her way. of It was like another one of her weird words that she made up. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And one day I was reading my Bible and I, I came upon these verses in Isaiah and I, I thought, oh my gosh, it's there. And I, you know, it had like the little superscript of the number and I raced down to see what that word meant. And it, what it means is my delight is in her. Mm. And mm. I think about the joy that she felt when I would walk into a room, which was not because I was an amazing granddaughter. It's because she loved me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think about, this is what God calls us. My delight is in her. Like when he looked at you and I, he's rejoicing over us. we singing because we're hidden in the work of Christ. I think when we think about God, we don't think his first thought about us is my delight's in her. Gosh, mm. we think, ah, I wish you would have done better today. I'm a little disappointed in how her life turned out. Too bad she made that decision. no. What he names us, he's renamed us, like you were talking about, reshaping mm-hmm. us, renaming us to what my grandma called me, Hetzelah, mm-hmm. my delights in you. And so when we think about God, like he's a God of joy, and not just joy generally, like, but joy in you, mm-hmm. joy in me. Oh, it's wild to think about, because it's so far from what I, I, I imagine him to be. Like, imagine him to be demanding and, and disappointed. Like, he's the exact opposite. He's like, again, we're going to go back to this motherly picture. He's like my grandma when her granddaughter walked into a room. And she was just like, I love you. Because you're the only girl. You know, <laughs> and so other, other girls ended up coming along. And so it took away a little bit of my shine, which I know <laughs> it's fine. Um, I hate them all. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but just to think about God in that way, when you go to him in prayer, when you wake up in the morning, your first thought should be, mm, he's delighting in me today.
0: Mm. What would our lives look like if we believed that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, would be different. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think like when it comes to joy, even specifically, but any of these attributes, perhaps for us, they feel emotional, and emotions mm-hmm. are fleeting, right? So I will, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is sometimes where we conflate happiness and joy, and they're not the same thing. That you can mm-hmm. have joy even if it's not a very happy situation. Mm-hmm. But we think of these things as fleeting because we don't have the ability to experience them all the time. Mm-hmm. But for example. What you're talking about, God does not just verb celebrate; mm. He is noun celebration. He is right. He is that's joy. That's He is the yes. embodiment. He like if you imagine these things as as the atmosphere that you were walking through, mm. like He is that. That's good, you know, and that's, that's flowing around us and in us and through us, and it's just, like thinking about it that way. That is, I think, how then we can grab onto something like joy being available to us in suffering, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 God's joy and delight in us can give us the endurance then. And endurance is not like, oh, willpower, I'm white knuckling and, you know, by the, you know, skin of my teeth, like I'm making it through these things, but that it can even bring some kind of, uh, I stopped short of saying levity because I think levity makes us think, like, oh, we'll be happy, like going through suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but spiritual levity to the point that we know. There yes, is like, this is hard, but this does not have power over me. That oh. I will endure this for a time. And even if that time is to the rest of my life, that there will yeah. come a point where the, I will be free of this. And so yeah. it is, it is a thing that can walk us through these difficult circumstances, but because it's, as we talked about before, it's not changeable. It's not dependent right. on circumstances. It's just who he is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking about those verses that talk about um, Jesus talks about uh, he's gentle and lowly in spirit. And then he talks about uh, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy, right? Right. This burden, this, this yoke, is light, um, and I and I think about the reason that there's a levity to it. If we're going to use that word,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is because we're not alone.
0: Yeah,
1: right. He's shouldering mm-hmm. the pain with us. Yeah, and the Bible talks about in Hebrews how He's our great High Priest who sympathizes with us. Mm-hmm. He feels the things we feel with us. So, uh, Charles Spurgeon talks about how. What that verse is talking about is if you have two grand pianos in a room and you hit a note on one grand piano, that same string will vibrate on the Mm -hmm. other grand piano. So when we're hit with something, he feels it. Mm -hmm. That string vibrates for him too. He understands, he knows what it's like to be a human, to experience pain, to experience betrayal, to experience hatred from others, to experience people talking poorly about him. Um, he understands all of that. And when we go through it, he sympathizes. He feels it with us. Mm-hmm. And so, because of that, uh, it can make those circumstances that seem unbearable uh, a little bit less unbearable. Yeah. Because we know he's in it with us and not just in it in an abstract sort of yes. like, I see you down there suffering, yeah. but he's in it in a, I feel it with you mm. sort of a way.
0: Mm. That is so critical. I think, you know, in in these broken things, you know, that's, these are times where we ask God, where are you? Yeah. You know, and this understanding though, of delight, Mm -hmm. if you delight in somebody, you're not far away from them. If you, Mm -hmm. if you enjoy who they are and being with them and sharing presence, Mm -hmm. uh, he's right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are three words every abuse survivor must hear—God hates abuse. Plus One Parents has released a devotional for abuse survivors called Safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. Safe Haven is a biblically-based guide to abuse, giving you the tools that you need to identify it, respond to it, and heal from it. Safe Haven is now available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats. And you can locate a link to purchase your copy down in the show notes. Jessica, when it comes to, you know, as we're talking about love and joy, you know, and these walls starting to come down, we're starting to develop trust, you know, that Mm -hmm. we can't fully trust someone if we don't know who they are, you know, but as we start Mm -hmm. to even in broken things, sense God with us we're starting to be able to just glimpse then what it is like to open our lives and to say okay i can mm-hmm. i can put this in your hands mm-hmm. and i believe that you are with me and you're for me mm-hmm. you know and i think that's a critical difference mm-hmm. or not necessarily a difference but uh furtherance of that idea of that he's not mm-hmm. just with us but he's with us for us yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah but as far as you know then learning to receive this love now we're able to glimpse peace in a way that mm-hmm. maybe we've never known it before, that mm-hmm. where we have experienced harm, where we, we may have felt that God was far now that we can sense him close, mm-hmm. that this is where I think that peace that passes all understanding really mm-hmm. starts to become something that is our regular rhythm. Mm-hmm. Would you share more about shalom, that word mm-hmm. that we often just think of as peace, but Mm -hmm. what God is really in his attribute of peace restoring Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. And I love this word shalom so much uh, that I got it
1: tattooed on my Mm -hmm. arm (laughs) recently so that I would remember it's on the driving arm, right? So as I pull up to that four-way stop, I see it. (laughs) Um, uh, This word shalom is more than just peace. It's a picture of wholeness, unbrokenness. And it's not just, I think a lot of times we think uh, when we talk about um, Jesus being the Prince of Peace or a uh, peace that un- passes understanding, we think about, oh, that's just like a peace between me and God. Mm-hmm. And while that is amazing peace, right? To have peace with God, amazing. Yeah. But living into our identity as the beloved, understanding peace with Him changes everything, also gives us this Uh, It's like a four-part shalom, a four-part peace. We feel peace with God, and everything flows out of that, that peace with God, and then peace within ourselves. Mm. So we're not second-guessing our identity. Mm. We're not walking around with imposter syndrome. We feel a peace in who we're called to be and whose we're called to be. Uh, We feel a peace with others, a shalom with others. And and even a peace with creation, where we're not trying to dominate and use creation for our own Mm -hmm. um, enjoyment, but rather we're enjoying creation uh, Mm -hmm. as a gift from God. And so, I think this whole picture of what shalom really is, this is what Adam and Eve experienced in the garden before the fall. They had peace with each other. They were naked and unashamed. They didn't hide who they were from someone else. They didn't hide who they were from God. Uh, They knew who they were at their core. Um, They lived in creation, loved creation, took care of creation. This was their job. That wholeness um, is what we're pushing back Mm towards. I guess you could say the fall Mm -hmm. broke that. And and all of us experience um, unshalom, brokenness in every area within ourselves, with our relationship with God, with others, even with the creation around us. Um, and yet, Jesus came to restore that shalom. Jesus came to say, I'm going to make a way where there's no way. I'm going to be that Prince of Peace that doesn't just restore shalom between you and God, but helps you to settle into who you are, mm-hmm. helps you to settle into how to love others, helps you to settle into how to love creation, all of creation around us. and." how to love God. And so I think this picture of Shalom is so much bigger and broader, right? Like we want to bring heaven down to earth and and we want to go back to before the fall. So our whole lives is this remembering of the peace that God has made with us. We've been restored. And so now we work at restoration. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard because a lot of times there are relationships that cannot be restored. Yeah. They're not meant to be, actually. Yeah, right. They shouldn't be. If you've mm-hmm. experienced abuse of any kind, um, God's not asking you to go back and restore work on restoration. God right. hates abuse. That's right. God hates emotional abuse. He hates financial abuse. He hates spiritual abuse. He hates abuse. Do not go back and try and restore that. That's not your call. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The calling for you in that restoration is for you to... The, the the restoration and redemption you experience is now to share that with others who have experienced abuse. That's mm. the restoration he's looking for. Mm. So as we're restored, we, we bring that restoration to others who might be experiencing uh, that brokenness as well. Mm. And so I think this picture of Shalom of... Uh, unbrokenness of uh, living in completeness and wholeness. Oh man, it's something our hearts long for and something we will experience fully one day. But until that day, we pull heaven down to earth yeah. and we ask God to make it real in our lives today. Make me whole today. Make me remember your peace, your joy, your love, your faithfulness, your kindness, helping to remember who you are. And as I remember who you are, I will then turn and live that way as well.
0: Mm. I think something is so powerful in what you just said is, you know, as we are learning who God is, then we learn to view things as he views them. And we learn to call things what they are. So as you just so wonderfully and beautifully said, God hates abuse and he hates it because he is love and abuse right. is exploitation. Yes. Abuse is manipulation. It is divisive. It is wickedness mm-hmm. that it is darkness where he is complete light. So if we mm. know God as love, we know him as light. We know him as shalom. We know him as all of these things. Then this thing that is in our lives and in our world that we might be confronted with, then if, if we know properly who he is, then we know how he views them, these things. And that's in his word, right? What you just Mm -hmm. elaborated Mm -hmm. on is in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. It's one of of the places where I have (laughs) camped out in the last couple of years. But when we know who he is, then we know what he says, we know how he views these things. And then we feel that alignment with him that's what Mm -hmm. keeps our peace it says that his peace guards us yes we want to stay underneath that guard Mm -hmm. and part of what the the hang up there's two spots that i think get hung up the first one is you know some of us come from church contexts where we're told to be long suffering and so it's like well if somebody's abusing you then you should be long suffering and just love them yes that that flies in the face of Mm -hmm of teachings throughout the bible things that yes. jesus himself said right and of god's heart so mm-hmm. the reason that we may walk through those circumstances and experience frustration and discord and hurt and harm is because yeah. that's not the that's not the path of life that right. is not the path of God, from God, for God, to God. And Mm -hmm. so by being able to understand him rightly, then we see correctly how we would move in those types of circumstances when we're Mm -hmm. affronted by something that is not him Mm -hmm. and not of him. Mm -hmm. But I think another piece of this, as far as understanding brokenness, is that even in like in the self-help world, there's kind of this movement of like, well, you're not broken, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the enemy kind of gets us to try to go through life like, Hey, everybody can have like this white picket fence existence, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. can have this perfect American dream life. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, you know, we're, we're, we're chasing that, you know, so Mm -hmm. where you're talking about, we're moving back towards Shalom. We're, we're trying to move Mm -hmm. towards this comfortable peace, like picture in this Mm -hmm. life that Mm -hmm. really that's not how this world is constructed. This Broke. world is fallen. This world is broken. Mm-hmm. This all mm-hmm. of us have brokenness, but because we're trying to, to chase towards this ideal, we are distracted. And mm-hmm. so then when real brokenness does just like crack open, there's no way that we can, you know, dress it up or yeah. run from it. There's no way we can escape anymore. There's no more doing or being or having or anything that can, can cover the brokenness, then we're afraid to step to the line and admit. Mm-hmm brokenness, Mm -hmm. you know, because it it feels like, well, I don't fit the ideal then. Mm -hmm. And if we really go back to all the way in the beginning, like you described the, when, when the fall happened, this world, everybody and everything in it broke everyone and everything. And so when we experience brokenness, we're actually seeing things as they are, we can name them as they truly are. They are broken. They are faulty. They are flawed. That means also, though, it's not supposed to be this way. This is not yes. the design. This is not it. This is not the end. This is not mm-hmm. what we were made for. That mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. actually made for so much more. And so then we yeah. have the ability to then at that moment say, you know what? This world is actually a disappointment. <laughs> it was not at all what I was made mm-hmm. for. Right. And that we can turn away then from the things. We, we don't feel shame then when I say I'm broken. No, yeah. I'm just declaring what is. Yeah. And guess what? so are you, you might not know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 what it no is. no more yeah. does brokenness then even have the power over us. Right. Because I recognize where it comes from. Yeah. I call it out. Yeah. And then I walk towards the one who can make me whole. Mm, good. It's good. You should write the book. <laughs> Come on. These are all, this is all stuff though. You know, And like, I never want anybody who's listening to think like, wow, Michelle has figured it all out. It's like, (laughs) Hey, I'm thinking that right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. What, what, what walking with the Lord, spending time with him, being in the word, turning away from the world, turning away from the things that have harmed me, turning away from my habits, my addictions, you know, all of these things, turning away, just can give us such clarity of vision. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I never get anxious. It doesn't mean that yeah. I never go to God and be like, why is it like this though? Like, yeah. why did you let it be this way? It doesn't mean that I don't have doubts. It doesn't mean that I'm somehow now like above all of this stuff. I can just see it. That's yeah. it. I can see it for yeah. what it is. And then when I get really low, I can go, hmm, that's the enemy again. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. go that way.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. And and I there is, Like you said, there is something about taking away the power of darkness when you walk into the light. Mm -hmm. And so as you call something exactly what it is, call it like it is. This is broken. This is messed up. That was abuse, not just like, oh, they weren't very nice or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Like call something what it is. And as you drag that out into the light, it loses its power Mm -hmm. to a degree. Mm -hmm. And as you drag it out into the light, not only do you Say, I'm broken. This is broken. But then you can also say, But I have a redeemer and I have yeah. a healer. Yeah. Because why would you need a healer? Why would you need a redeemer if things weren't really that bad? Yeah. But if you can say how bad they are, you have someone who's there with you. Yeah. Who heals, redeems, and loves.
0: Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Jessica, I've just absolutely loved this time together. Hey, same. And I'm just so <laughs> grateful for. All of your just your insights and your heart in all of this. Mm -hmm. At the end of every conversation, I ask each guest the same question, and it is: Mm -hmm. If there was one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be?
1: Uh, You're not alone. I'm speaking this to myself right now. Mm -hmm.
0: You're not alone.
1: He's delighted in you. He's not disappointed. He's going to sustain you. He's going to give you what you need. Promises all of that, and he's faithful. He's the faithful one that we've been looking for.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Jessica, would you tell listeners about your book and how they can follow you?
1: Yes. So my book is called um, How God Loves Us, 40 Days to Discovering His Character in the Fruit of the Spirit. It's from Moody Publishing. You can find it really anywhere where you buy books. Um, If you want to connect with me online, my Instagram and Twitter handle are the same. And listen, I have the most common name in the world. It's Jessica Thompson. (laughs) And so I had to figure out something because Jessica Thompson, like every variation of that is taken. So uh, my, my handle is the, because I'm that important. Just joking. It's the only (laughs) way I could distinguish the Jess Lou. Louise is my middle name. Also my grandmother's middle name Mm -hmm. that, um, I spoke about earlier. So that Jess Lou on Instagram and Twitter, and you can just find me on Facebook, Jessica Thompson
0: and i would love to connect with you there. And i will put links in the show notes to make Great. it easier for listeners to yeah. find all those resources. Highly recommend this book. We didn't even get Thanks. this is just the tip of the iceberg I know. and we I didn't feel like even we get kind to of went to <laughs> No, hey,
1: no. It makes everybody read the book.
0: That's no right mind. though. Go to the book. Uh, so much more there in store for you. But Jessica, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thanks for having me. I'll appreciate it. If you enjoyed this conversation with Jessica, I've got a couple of others that I can suggest for you. Check out episode 111, Believing Who God Says You Are and How It Changes Everything with Aubrey Sampson. Also, check out episode 108, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Finding Soul Rest and Redemption in Encountering the Kindness of God with Dr. Dan Allender. We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plus1.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. Also, at PlusOneParents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at PlusOneParents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.